Coming to you live from the Republic of Texas and broadcasting around the world, this is the Max McGuire Show. This is our last chance to take this country back. That's true. Listen, it doesn't matter that Joe Biden is losing his mind. He still betrayed this country. Come on, man. So get ready, because the Max McGuire Show starts right now. Welcome back to another edition of the Max McGuire Show. My name is Max McGuire. Lots to go through today. It's been pretty crazy to watch. Supreme Court, obviously everyone by now knows the Supreme Court. Draft ruling for the Dodds, Dobbs, Jackson Women's Health leaked out earlier this week. And as a result, the left is on a warpath. There were a lot of people in the, in the beginning hypothesized that the reason it was leaked was to give Democrats ammunition during the midterms. I think that's entirely possible that it will still give Democrats ammunition midterms, but it's clear that their first goal, first and foremost, intimidate, harass, according to some, even according to thought experiments, kill Supreme Court justices before they can issue. I mean, it, it should come as no surprise that people who are so adamant about maintaining the right to kill babies inside the womb would also advance other forms of murder in order to protect that right. And everyone, audio version, I am using air quotes there. Right. Come as no surprise that people that comfortable with would also be comfortable with justices. I always say it's interesting, and I, I use that kind of facetious. But this is the same crowd that for years of Donald Trump went on and on and on about how he was a threat to democratic institutions, threat to our constitution. Where's that argument now? Because you have people, little blue check marks, literally advocating killing Supreme Court justices. We'll get that, that to a minute. This Twitter page Ruth sent us popped up overnight, doesn't have a ton of following. 1,800 followers, at the, but somehow they got their hands on the Supreme Court justices' home addresses, and they published them. They published them. A headline from the National Review. Pro-abortion group publicizes conservative Supreme Court justices' home address ahead of planned protests. Well, I'm sorry, that's not peace. These are Supreme Court justices. Like it or not, you're not supposed to show up at their door. They don't represent you. It's one thing to say you're going to show up to your congressman or your senator because they represent you. Well, the Supreme Court does not represent you. It just doesn't. They are life appointments, and it's not their job to represent your interests. It is their job to interpret the Constitution. That is supposed to happen removed from any public or popular consideration. Protesting in front of a Supreme Court justice's house should accomplish nothing. If our system works, it should accomplish nothing. But they know the system doesn't really. Whether it's the allegation that Justice Roberts, Chief Justice Roberts was furious at the challenges to the 2020 election and didn't want to hear it, hear any of the challenges for fear that there would be riots in the street, burned down cities. I don't know if that is a legitimate leak. It, lots of people have, have shared it. I know the Supreme Court has said that they were not in session. They were not meeting face-to-face on that. It's possible it was overheard on a video conference. Whether it's that or whether it's stories you hear from the Supreme Court 
that they are avoiding certain issues because they think it's too political. It's been this way for a while. The Supreme Court is not the way it should be. They are not actually just deciding cases based on what the Constitution does or does not say. They take cases, and politics does play a role in that. We've known that for years. Which is why it is terrifying posts like this one from Simon Gwynn. Simon Gwynn said on Twitter just a couple days ago, quote, Interesting real-life trolley problem in America now. If you had the chance to kill Clarence Thomas and Samuel Alito, the two oldest right-wing Supreme Court justices, judges, should you do it while Biden can get his nominees to replace them confirmed? Follows that up and says, it's an interesting, it's interesting as an abstract question, of course, abstract, but becomes a real conundrum if, say, you're terminally ill and have little to lose yourself but know that it could save many women's lives in the future. Credible. And, I mean, he's, he's quite literally saying, let's have a thought experiment, guys. What happens if one of you who's terminally ill just kills a Supreme Court justice and saves all of us? Oh, no, I'm not advocating it. Just a thought experiment. Just a thought experiment. Well, I, I, at least I guess to his credit, did recant that, but not for the reasons you think. He said, quote, I've removed my recent two tweets about the U.S. Supreme Court as on reflection. They're obviously pretty irresponsible. Okay, that's fair. Though I don't think that they would be against Twitter's terms of service. FYI, I don't endorse murdering anyone, but I don't think there's anything wrong with thought experiments. Everyone, everyone understood what he wasn't talking about thought experiments. Talking about what if someone killed them and saved us all? Terminally ill, so you don't have to worry about the consequences. Well, of course, he backtracks that. And I, I guess it's fair they took it down, but internet is forever. We know what Simon Gwynn We know what Simon Gwynn say. It's interesting. Jen Psaki, Circle Back Girl, her days are numbered at the way how she's being replaced. No longer have these amazing personified Chucky doll. She was asked. What the president thought about this decision by Ruth sent us the Twitter page to dox all of the Supreme Court justices, put their addresses out on the internet, protest at their home, and I guess also intimidate them, hearing that there have been some really disgusting attempts at intimidating these. Jen Psaki refused to denounce it, refused to denounce the public doxing Supreme Court justices' addresses. Go ahead and play. Cut to. Just about moving forward, these activists posted a map with the home addresses of the Supreme Court justices. Is that the kind of thing this president wants to help your side make their point? Look, I think the president's view is that there's a lot of passion, a lot of fear, uh, a lot of uh, sadness from many, many people across this country about what they saw in that leaked document. Yeah, no, that's not sadness. Sadness is not what gets you docs justice. They want someone to kill them. I mean, again, protests shouldn't work. These are people who are, have a job where their whole job is to not be swayed by what the public thinks and instead abide by and follow and interpret the Constitution, the laws of the nation. So if you truly claim that you support democratic institutions, constitutional institutions, because technically, 
I guess the Supreme Court wouldn't be a democratic institution by de definition, but it's still an institution. And if you care about the institutions, it's all, all, it's all leftists talked about under Trump. To go there to their house and intimidate them, not democracy. Insurrection. Insurrection. Trying to deliberately topple an institution because by protesting, their goal is to stop the institution from working as designed. There is no difference between trying to stop the Supreme Court from issuing a ruling and the people who rushed the Capitol, breaking windows, as trying to stop Congress from counting the votes. I supported what happened on January 6th, the protest, because that was a democratic institution. Congress is a democratic institution. The hope was Congress, congressmen and senators would hear and see the protesters and would be driven to do the right thing. And there are famous pictures and videos Josh Hawley walking by, giving them all a thumbs up. It was never to storm, at least from my perspective, the goal was never to storm the Capitol building. People who stormed the Capitol building, and I'm not talking about the people who walked in, people who used the bathroom, people who didn't realize they weren't allowed in and were just walking around. Taking I'm talking about the people who actually pushed down the bike barricades, the, the bike racks, um, Epps, right? Epps and his people. That was, yeah, sure, the left calls it insurrection. So what's the difference between trying to stop a institution like Congress from carrying out it? Uh, what's the difference between that and intimidating Supreme Court justices to stop them from doing that? There really isn't a difference. This is an insurrection. And I'm going to play a little later a clip from one of the protests that were happening outside the Supreme Court. I will give you another disclaimer then, but it is vile. It's disgusting. I started the process of leaping out the words, and it was just taking too long. I want to show it to you at the very end, and again, I'll warn you, earmuffs for the small children. I'll warn you later, this will happen. This is not, these are not peaceful protests. These are not legitimate protests. These are the most angry, vile. You thought the summer of love, 2020, you thought that was bad? You thought it was bad that they were burning down cities all in defense of George Floyd? habitual drug user, someone who time and time again, who ingested drugs, saw him on tape, right? Begged to be put on the ground before he was kneeled on. They burned cities over that. What do you think they're going to do over this? This is the crazy part of all of this, right? I, I was watching a little bit of the trailer for 2000 years. I haven't gotten a chance to see it yet. I'm going to download I think it comes out in home. I really do want to watch it. But in the trailer, there's a line, I, I, I forget, someone in the comment section, um, a line from one of the commentators that participated in the documentary, saying that if, saying, like, hypothetically, if I believe Nazis were taking over, I probably would try to steal an election too. That's the line. So if you truly believed that conservatives were trying to enslave women, were trying to stop them from exercising bodily autonomy. If you truly believe that, what would you be willing to do? And this is where it gets really, really dangerous. I'm turning up my mic because I think I'm a little bit too quiet. This is where it gets really, really dangerous. They truly believe this. They believe that we are trying to enslave them, control their bodies, force them to give birth. No, no one's forcing you to have a child. We're just saying that you can't kill it if you regret having a child, getting pregnant. But this is what 
scares the hell out of me. These people don't look at it this way. They don't look at it as killing a child. They look at this as the biggest civil rights violation ever. They're talking about enslaving women. That's, that's the language that they're using. If you truly believe this, if you believe that the other side was trying to enslave half the population, what would you be willing to do to stop it? What would you be willing to do to stop it? We've seen people try to assassinate a president in order to, uh, in order to impress a movie star. What, would, what do you think these people would be willing to do in their mind to stop the enslavement of half of the population? That is why it is so terrifying to see them putting the addresses out for Supreme Court justices. And that is why it is disgusting to see the White House not take the opportunity to condemn it. It's very simple. We condemn any attempt to dox Supreme Court justices. They have a job to do. Their job is to interpret the Constitution. That is not where you should protest. They are not supposed to listen to protests. Very simple answer from the, from the Biden administration. They could say, oh, we dis disagree with the draft decision, but do not go to their homes. Do not intimidate them. Do not give them death threats. And, and God forbid, do not try to attack them, hurt them, or kill them. But no, Jen Psaki did not say that. Instead, she said, oh, well, people are very angry. I'm sorry. I, I, I remember very clear. I'm old enough to remember when the left claimed that Donald Trump said there were good people on both sides. Remember how they played that clip? And then they cut out the part where he said, and I'm not talking about the white supremacists. They should be condemned totally. Remember how they cut that part out? Well, for, all, for years, all we heard was, oh, there are good people on both sides. That was this, that was Biden administration's moment, similar moment, except there's no caveat that got cut out of the clip. Do you condemn people calling for protesters to go to Supreme Court justices' homes and intimidate them? They did not condemn it. They said they are, very, they're very emotional. I'm sorry. That is far worse than anything Trump said about the good people on both sides, because at least Trump had the decency to, to clarify that he wasn't talking about white supremacists. She's, <laughs> it's a dog whistle. What she's doing is a dog whistle for far left radicals to believe that the White House supports what they're doing. And it's easy to see, I mean, you could disagree with what I'm saying, but it's very clear that the White House, the Biden White House has gone head first. They are all in on this radical abortion agenda. They talk about, oh, you can't reverse Roe versus Wade. Meanwhile, they are pushing policies that make Roe versus Wade look moderate. Abortion, for any reason, up until the moment of birth, that is now the Democrat Party's position. Don't believe me? Jen Psaki was subsequently asked whether Joe Biden believes that abortion should be allowed up until birth, which would be against Roe versus Wade, because Roe versus Wade says you cannot abort a baby after viability, which is 26, 27, 28 weeks. To, to advocate abortion up until the moment of birth, that is not Roe versus Wade. That is far more radical than Roe versus Wade, but that is the position that Jen Psaki took yesterday. Let's go ahead and play cut three. The president's position on choice has evolved over time, so just checking for his official position. Does he support any limits on abortion right now? 
Peter, the president has spoken, has talked about his position many times. He supports the right of a woman to make choices about her own body with her doctor. But I know that one of the Democrats that he endorsed and uh, who won their primary this week, Tim Ryan, uh, said yesterday that he does not support any limits on abortion. Is that where the president's thinking is now? The president has stated his view many times. So does the president support abortion up until the, the moment of birth? The president has spoken about this many times, Peter, and I would refer you to his own comments about abortion and a woman's right to choose and make decisions about her body with her doctor, which is what any of those women would do. Go ahead. We'll answer it. It's a very simple question. Does the president support abortion up until the moment of birth? And her answer is he's been very clear about what he supports. That's a very easy yes or no answer. If he says, if she says yes, he supports that, then he is the most radical president that we have ever had, which if she says no, she loses the base because the base is as far left as you can get at this point. The base are the ones who are out there dressed like the handmaiden's tail, which this has always confused the hell out of me. In the handmaiden's tail, the tyrannical government, which basically enslaves women and controls their reproductive freedom, in that story, the first thing that the government does is takes away everyone's guns so they can't fight back. It's always been very strange to me that they would claim this story as, as, as their, their, their spokespiece when an essential part of that story is disarmament. And had there not been disarmament, we never would have had a tyrannical government in that story to enslave women like that. But they won't tell you that. They won't talk about that at all. It's worse. It gets worse, though, because this group, Ruth sent us, is going beyond saying, go to Supreme Court justices' houses and intimidate them. They are now calling for people to show up at church services, specifically Catholic masses, and disrupt them on Mother's Day, going into churches and disrupting them. So they claim to be exercising free speech while simultaneously talking about interrupting, disrupting, and blocking the other exercise of First Amendment rights, namely freedom of religion. Listen, this is going to get very bad for them. If they start going into some of the church, some of these evangelical churches, lots of Catholic churches won't let you carry a gun in church services, though I do know many people do. I am Catholic. I do know many people carry for reasons like this. They don't want to be targeted. If they start going into some evangelical churches and pulling this kind of BS, it's going to get very bad for them very, very quickly. But they're now talking about protesting at churches. Where does it stop? Well, I think we know where it stops. We, it stops when someone decides to take this guy, Simon Gwynn, up on his offer. Kill a Supreme Court justice. That's unfortunately, I think, where this will end. I hope it doesn't. But it, this, this will keep getting worse until one of these idiots, until one of these idiots actually takes this guy up on his offer. I mean, you can only gin people up so long. And this is something I've, I've had concern about with conservative influencers, too. When you, when you sign on and you watch their shows and every day it's the sky is falling, every day it's 11, every day isn't an 11. Sometimes there's good news to talk about. Like, like the draft opinion, where I was very happy. When, when you convince people every day that, that the sky is falling, that everything is getting, everything is terrible, we are inches away from a civil war, I get incredibly concerned because I don't want to, I've said 
after this long? A lot. I don't want a civil war. I have two adorable kids. I want to be there to raise them. I want to walk. Uh, I want to be there for their wedding day. I won't walk them down the aisle, but I want to be there for their wedding day. I want to grow old and have grandchildren. I don't want to go off and die in some civil war over this. No. So both sides, and it's not just the right, it's not just the left, both sides do this. They gin up their base and they make it seem like basic news of, hey, um, Roe versus Wade was wrong. There's no right to privacy in the Constitution. Citing correctly, we're sending it back to the states. Taking that and saying, oh, they're enslaving women. It's not about enslaving women at all. Here's Hakeem Jeffries. Hakeem Jeffries is a congressman. And he was on television the other day, and he called all of us cult members. Now, remember, we're talking about the side that dresses up like this, claiming that we are cult members for wanting to defend the sanctity of the, un of the unborn, the sanctity of life. Here's that clip. Let's play cut five. You stand on the side of the Constitution, or you stand on the side of the cult, uh, which wants to impose its values on the rest of us. So same time, Joe Biden said MAGA is, quote, the most extreme political organization in recent history. MAGA is make America great again. MAGA is conser conservatism. MAGA is the Republican Party. Saying that the Republican Party is the most extreme political organization in recent memory. He also branded a new term called ultra MAGA. I don't know what that means. I'll take it. I like it. It sounds like some kind of anime thing. I'm not into anime, but it sounds like I'm going to have some powers if I'm Ultra MAGA. <laughs> I'll take it. Sure. Ultra MAGA. Ultra. Maybe we're super duper MAGA. They're just going to keep adding words to the beginning. It's, it would be stupid. We'd laugh about it if what he was talking about wasn't so damaging, wasn't so terrifying. This is the president of the United States from the White House, from the pulpit from the dais from with a presidential seal in front of him calling his opposition the supporters of the previous president the most extreme political organization in recent memory ha and and then immediately after he does an interview saying we have to come together i'm sorry he spends all his waking hours driving us apart and then right before the end of the day says you got to come together we need unity i'm sorry joe biden you will never be a unifier I have never felt so hopeful about this country's future as when I, I stood on the National Mall, actually stood in front of uh, the Capitol building and listened to Donald Trump's inauguration speech. You listen to that speech and I, I had never felt more hopeful because as he said in that speech, he was there representing the people. And for the first time, special interests were not controlling Washington. They had a people's candidate. I... <laughs> I was, I, was in, I was almost in tears. I think I actually was, though it was drizzling, so that might have been it. But listening to that speech and realizing just how long it had been since a true people's champion, someone who could actually, um, actually get people out of their, off of their couch and out to vote for the first time. Donald Trump had more first-time voters than I think I've ever seen, other than maybe Obama. We had a people's champion. That was unification. Of course, of course, they demonized it and said, oh, he's talking about... He's talking about danger in inner cities. Meanwhile, crime is up in our inner cities. Crime is way, way up in our inner city. Not Trump's fault. That was the summer of love. Now, Joe Biden will never be a unifier because Joe Biden doesn't want to unify. Joe Biden wants to unify 
by a sword. It's kind of like a crusade going into the Middle East and saying, we're going to bring peace to the Middle East. Yeah, no, <laughs> there's no such thing as invading another country to bring peace. The act of invading is an act of war. Joe Biden's the same way. He is not a unifier. He will never be a unifier. And I think everyone knows that. I was watching one clip. I didn't pull it. But the talking heads are now saying that Joe Biden is on the brink. Joe Biden is on the brink of losing the country. I thought that already happened. I saw a poll a couple weeks ago that was 36%. I thought that means you lost the country. Apparently, you can go lower, which surprised me. I thought eventually when you dig a hole, you hit bedrock. But Joe Biden apparently brought a diamond-coated drill. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? He's, he's going to go low. He's like playing the game of presidential limbo. How low can you go? But now they're talking about Joe Biden might actually lose the country. I think that happened. I think it's safe to say that's already happened. This is a clip from Elizabeth Warren mimicking what Joe Biden had said, what, what sorry, what uh, Jen Psaki had said, refusing to answer whether there should be limits on abortion. Elizabeth Warren was asked a similar question on television and she skirted the issue, but also confirmed in a roundabout way that she supports no limits on abortion. Go ahead and play this. This is cut four. Just like you're saying now, in the book you write, you believe in a woman's choice no matter how difficult the decision. But there is a question, should there be any limits on abortions? No, I'm going to put it this way. I think that the woman who is most affected should be at the heart of this. Of course. I think that she should be able to call on her partner, right? her mother, um, her priest, her rabbi, she should be able to bring in the people she needs. But in a pregnancy, I don't believe that it is the state that should intervene with its heavy hand mm. and make the decision. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, Democrats are, are for small government. Shouldn't be the state with its heavy handed decision. What she's talking about, by the way, is the state saying you cannot murder children inside or out of the womb. I mentioned out of the womb because it's getting crazy out there in California. They just for the, they just had the third reading in the state assembly on AB 2223, a bill that would give liability, a criminal and civil liability protection to women, mothers and doctors if the baby is killed in the first 28 days of its life and they can trace it back to a pregnancy-related cause. It's disgusting because one of those pregnancy-related causes could be postpartum depression. So we, we, we hear stories about this all too often uh, of women who, who really go through postpartum depression really bad and end up hurting or, God forbid, killing their baby. In the state of California, they are now advancing a bill that would give them civil and criminal liability protections if a mother does that to a born-alive baby. The bill also would prevent coroners from investigating these kinds of deaths to determine whether the mother did it or not. It, it's insane. It, you're talking about opening up loopholes for post-birth abortions. There is a link in the description for a petition. It's abortiontofar.com. I urge you, whether you live in California or not, please do go and sign the petition. We're trying to overwhelm the California legislature to stop this because they did just have the third reading yesterday and they're going to try and rush this, especially given the Supreme Court's upcoming decision. But Warren doesn't see any need to have any restrictions, any restrictions whatsoever. Up to the moment of birth, sure. 
want to be uh, the old Virginia governor. What wasn't it? No, it wasn't McCall. Who, who, who did we just have in Virginia? I don't live in Virginia. I forgot. The old Virginia governor is saying that if a baby is born alive, then it should be up to the doctor and the mother to decide whether that baby should be saved, resuscitated, or allowed to live. This is the evil we're talking about here. We're here trying to protect the unborn, and they're having conversations and drafting and passing laws to protect the murder of born-alive children. This is evil. This is Satan. This is Satan at work here. And, and it's interesting that I say that, because I put something out on my Telegram yesterday. Was it yesterday? Yesterday. Asking people to talk to me about what kind of arguments they use to defend the unborn. When I was younger, and if you asked me, hey, go defend the right to life, I would probably have led with a faith-based argument. I'd probably talk about how the child is uh, a child of God. From the minute the baby was conceived, God knew him or her. That is as a, a life, and thou shalt not kill. Right? I mean, and those are legitimate arguments. Absolutely. What I found, though, is I spend less time using faith Obviously, my beliefs are grounded in faith, but in convincing other people that, that an unborn baby deserves protection, I found lately I'm, I'm not leading with a faith-based argument. I'm leading with logic. I'm leading with morality, ethics, science. Um, I found that religion, especially if you're talking to someone who isn't the same faith as you or isn't even a Christian, religion can just completely push the conversation to a side. And I've, I found I've had much more success of convincing people that unborn babies are human beings by just talking about science, like asking them what kind of species are they? If they're not humans, what kind of species of animal is this? If it's not a homo sapien, what is it? Well, no, it's a homo sapien. These are human beings. Okay, so then it's a human. I mean, I've had more success with that than pulling out Bible verses, in my opinion. And, and this isn't, I'm not denigrating anyone who leads with faith because it's a perfectly legitimate way to argue this. My experience though, the people who are shouting the loudest about faith are on the other side. The people who are shouting the loudest about faith and accusing people of trying to impose their faith on other people are on the left. And I, I think that's probably, if, if, I, if I'm being honest, I think that's probably why subconsciously I've stopped leading with faith-based arguments because the other side has crafted this narrative that, oh, pro-lifers just want to impose their religion on us. And listen, I, it's not true, but it, in, in terms of is it an effective argument, it is for their base who are deeply, deeply terrified of religion. They are terrified of faith because they have other religions that have that they've adopted. I mean, you don't just have to believe in God. Believing in God isn't the only religion out there. The climate change nonsense, that is a religion. They are adamant about that. I believe in many ways veganism. There are vegans out there who treat it like a religion, especially look at the PETA people who are out there like <laughs> protesting. Yeah, in many ways, they treat it like a religion. You look at some of the people who are more adamant about abortion. Abortion has become their religion, the right to kill. And, and they even admit it now. I've seen one argument claiming that to ban abortion would be to violate the rights of Jews because it's a central tenet of Judaism to be able to kill your unborn child. 
I've studied this at length, and I don't believe that's true. Judaism has a different definition of when life begins, and, and certain sects of Judaism have allowed for abortion at certain points. But that doesn't mean that a, an abortion is a right. I mean, you hear this from the Satanic Temple, claiming that abortion is a, a key part of their rituals. <laughs> I actually believe that. In many ways, the Satanic Temple today has become kind of like, if you've ever heard of it, the Church of the Flying Spaghetti Monster. It's a little nonsense. The Church of the Flying Spaghetti non Monster was a nonsense religion that was created specifically to, to mock Christians and to force states and towns and cities to put up their religious iconography in places that also displayed the, uh, the Ten Commandments. So if, if a courthouse had the Ten Commandments, then people who were part of what they called the Church of the Flying Spaghetti Monster would insist that that town hall or that, that uh, courtroom also show their iconography. In many ways, the Church of Satan, the Satan, Satanist temple, Satanic temple, has served a similar goal. There are absolutely Satanists. There are evil people who believe this stuff, and they are the enemy, without a doubt. There are many people that look, though, that look to the Satanic Temple as as uh, a gotcha, as a as a as a loophole, as oh well, well we're going to use this to get what we want by claiming it's a part of our faith. And there are people involved with the Satanic Temple who are now claiming that abortion must remain a right because anyone who is a Satanist has a religious obligation to undergo an abortion. And it's, it's an essential ritual. To them, it would be the equivalent of you receiving the Eucharist during a Mass or during a, a church service. Drinking, the, drinking the, the wine, drinking the blood of Christ. That's how sick these people are. That is how sick these people are. But getting back to it, when, when I talk to people, and I, even when I talk to conservatives, and I'm on the board of a pregnancy center, and, and we pray, and this is a pro-life pro-faith, faith-based pregnancy center. So obviously faith is a huge part of it. But even when I talk to some people there, they don't always lead with faith. The people who are making faith the number one issue, at least in my experience, and there are always exceptions, are the left. Here's a clip from the Young Turks. I forget this woman's name. She's one of the, the hosts that had a complete meltdown when Donald Trump won. This is what she has to say about our religion, our religion being imposed on everyone. Let's play cut six. These comments might be strong, but it's how I genuinely feel. Um, I don't care that you're a Christian. I don't care what the Bible says. Like I feel like it's a clown show, like sitting here trying to decipher what your little mythical book has to say about these very real political issues, right? I don't care if you're Christian. In fact, I will fight for you to have your religious liberty and practice your Christianity. I believe in that. I don't believe in Christianity, which means that I'm gonna pause it. I'm just going to go out on a limb and say she's not going to fight for Christianity because she just called the Bible what our mythical little book. I'm going to go out on a limb and say she's not going to fight for Christianity. That old saying, I disagree with you, but I'll fight to the death for your right to say it. I guarantee she's not going to sacrifice her life so that the little mythical book could be worshipped. Let's keep playing. 
You do not get to dictate the way I live my life based on your religion. I don't care what the Bible says. You have every right in the world. All those women who identify with your religion have every right in the world to not get an abortion, to not take birth control. But they do not have the right to dictate my life and what I decide to do with my body. I don't care about your goddamn religion. I'm so tired. Wait a minute, wait a minute. She These just said, let me, let me get back to it. Of having no she just said that she cares about our religion. She just said that she would fight for our right to practice our religion. Then she called it a little mythical book. And then she says she doesn't care about our GD religion. Huh. I accidentally just stopped it. Let's see if I, I can play it for you. Non-stop conversations about what the Bible says. You live your life in the way that you interpret the Bible. Again, I don't care, but you don't get to take the Bible and tell me, well, the Bible says this in this chapter and this verse, I don't care. I don't care, I don't believe in it, and I have the right based on our constitution to not believe in it. Yes, that, that's true. You have the right to not believe in the Bible. The problem is if you don't believe in the Bible, that doesn't give you the right to kill an unborn child. Sorry, not believing in God, not believing the Bible does not give you carte blanche to commit murder. And yes, we are a Judeo-Christian country. Yes, we do have many basic foundational laws that can be traced back to Judeo-Christian teachings, aka thou shalt not kill or thou shalt not murder, right? I mean, you look at old laws on adultery, thou shalt not covet thy, neighbor, covet thy neighbor's wife, thou shalt not steal. We have laws against theft. The difference is, though, that you can trace all of these basic concepts to pre-Christianity. I mean, we can go all the way back to Hammurabi's code, an eye for an eye. That's a little extreme. But these basic concepts of don't kill other human beings predate Christianity. There's evidence of, of, of this basic concept as far back as when humans were in caves. I mean, come on. You do not kill other humans. We are one of the few species, one of the few species that, will, that does not want to kill Another one, at least that's the, the base version of, of humanity. There are people who, who are a little twisted and they're fine with it. They don't have a conscience. They're psychopaths, sociopaths. But the majority of us are very uncomfortable with the idea of killing another human being. Most species are not. We are one of the few species out there that will not eat our own species and find it revolting to even consider eating another human. Whereas you go into, you, you look at other animals out there. And yes, if, if one, of their, one of their pack dies, they will eat it. Now, another one, another, uh, you look at elephants. Elephants are very similar to human beings when it, comes to, when it comes to life and death. I mean, elephants will mourn the passing of, of another elephant. And they will go back to where that elephant was laid to rest, was laid down. And they will remember, memorialize that elephant. I, I think it's every year, every so often. Human beings, though, it's, it's not a religion thing. Saying, hey, I'm not comfortable with killing children. That's not a religion thing. As far as I'm concerned, that is more basic than religion. And, and, and people say, well, no, no, faith is the most important. Yes, yes, absolutely. I, I mean, some people I telegram have insinuated I'm not a Christian. That's, I mean, that's, that's, that's interesting. <laughs> but uh, no, I am a Christian. I do have a very strong faith, a very strong foundation, but there are certain things in my mind that are more basic than faith. I breathe throughout the day, not because my faith tells me to, 
because that's just part of human biology. You can tell your body to breathe or your body will just autonomously breathe. Right? My heart pumps not because of faith. I mean, I was created in God's image, yes, but my heart pumps autonomously. There are things that are just more basic, more found foundational, even than faith. And the idea that you should not kill another human being, as far as I'm concerned, is in that same category. Is in that same category. So yes, I look at this and, and I see this argument. And in many ways, I believe this is a straw man argument. I believe she's building this up. I know some people lead with faith and will, and will lead by saying, hey, ban abortion because it says this, this, this in the Bible. And you have every right to do it, right? I don't experience that personally. I, I have in the past, but nowadays I don't see people out like that out making those arguments. I, this is a straw man argument that she's building up so that then she can more easily tear it down. She would not be having such an easy time tearing down basic arguments of science. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about what happens at 21 weeks. What happens at 21 weeks gestation? Well, it's the belief that science shows that that is there or right before is the point at which unborn children start to feel pain. Well, how do you know that? Because there have been studies looking at abortions, looking at neonatal surgeries um, where a baby was prodded and recoiled in pain. We know that the pain receptors have formed at that stage. So I wonder whether she would have such an easy time dismantling pro-life arguments if instead of tackling the issue of religion, she defended the notion of dismemberment abortions on unborn children capable of surviving outside of the womb, but instead being ripped apart limb from limb when they have the ability to feel pain. I mean, I waxed my arms once and I was, I was crying. I, I cannot fathom being ripped apart limb from limb. This is the evil that they are advocating. She wouldn't be able to defend that. She would not. She has no intention of defending that. Instead, she builds up the straw man argument because it's easier to tear down. I said I was going to play this towards the end, and I want to. Full disclosure, this, is, this woman is vile. This clip is as vile as it gets. This is a protester out in front of the Supreme Court. And I want to ask, I want to offer everyone, if you do not like mf -er, if you not, do not like F-words, if you do not like other curses, um... I, I don't watch this. I, I tried to start bleeping it, but she just curses too much. It was going to take me an hour. And I couldn't find a version that was already bleeped. I do want to play it, though, because it's important. Because when you hear Jen Psaki at the White House saying that these are peaceful protests, that these are First Amendment protected protests, and you see what's actually happening in front of the Supreme Court, just how vile their language is, just how angry and yes, in some cases, how violent they are. It's important to see it because the media isn't showing this. The media is showing the, the nice candlelit vigils. The media isn't showing these kinds of protests. So full disclosure, this is vile. This is very racy. It's, it's not for children. Okay, I, I have warned you, but you have to see it because you must know your enemy. And this is what we are up against. Here we go. Cut seven. Roe v. Wade was decided in 1973. They had 50 years to protect this shit. 50 years. As people who, have we, who we 
dropped the ball. You got motherfuckers in Congress saying I urge Congress to do something. Motherfucker, you're in Congress. I will say, not endorsing the language. The point is well taken because this is something that happens on the right as well. You have conservatives who every night they go on Sean Hannity's show and they say, we really need to do something. But then when it comes to actually doing something, they're noticeably missing. That underlying point, I agree with on both sides of the aisle, but her delivery, her delivery is, is, is very vile. Let's keep playing. You do something. And if we are here today to demand that our rights to reproductive freedom are protected, that our rights to privacy are protected. And if we don't get what we want, we're shutting shit down. Just gonna go out on a limb and say that's not gonna be a problem. I don't think I don't think there's any conservatives who are gonna have a problem with that last ask of hers. Let's keep playing. And I'm gonna end this by saying one more thing. Don't y'all just show up today for the party, for the cameras, for the lights, for the for the for the crowd. Keep showing the fuck up. Keep showing up. For United States Congress oh. against my oh my goodness. leader, Oh my goodness. Who stated, stated that the Democratic Party absolutely has room for abortion opponents. You do not have the right to have a view that goes against my body because once you are elected, your opinions affect my motherfucking body. Right. I'm going to cut it right there. It had a couple of seconds left. You cannot have an opinion that goes against her body, folks. I mean, can you imagine this kind of language? This kind of language being spoken from the dais in Congress? My goodness. And yes, Ray. Ray in the comment section says, is she heterosexual? And I responded, why are you interested? <laughs> he said, ha, I was just thinking maybe only heterosexual women should have a say in the subject. That, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, notice, I, I said this on Telegram, notice how quickly they have abandoned the whole phrase of men getting pregnant. Uh, I, was, I was looking, it, they dropped from their bill. They dropped from their bill any mention of men being able to be pregnant because now it is it's purely back to being a women's issue again. No more conversation about men being pregnant. No more conversations about the pregnant man emoji with the burrito belly. No, now it's back to 100% to women only pregnant. I, I want to play that because you have to know what you're up against. As you just heard, this woman is running for Congress. This is, this is her opinion. It is vile. This is her language. It is vile. And, and you can guarantee that the media won't play that. Maybe Fox will, but the mainstream media will not play that. As I said, instead, they will play the candlelit vigils. Instead, they will play... The, um, the Handmaiden's Tale footage 
making this look like it's a peaceful protest, when in reality you got people doxing Supreme Court justices, giving out their addresses, advocating the murder of Supreme Court justices, just a thought experiment, and now speaking that way. It's such vile, disgusting, filthy. And I'm not someone who gets offended. I'm not someone who pearl clutches, oh my goodness. But that is, we can just say that that's disgusting. In terms of all of the speeches given from the steps of the Supreme Court, think in your mind about all of these historic moments at the steps of the Supreme Court, and now we have that. Now we have that. A woman screaming from the steps of the, of the Supreme Court, ordering conservatives to keep her genitals out of their mouth. Yeah, I'm going to say I don't think anyone was interested in that. But I'm, I'm, I'm going to say something that... Uh, I've learned from some of my friends who grew up in South. Bless, I don't think anyone's interested in that. But anyway, bless your heart, honey. Bless your soul. I'm told that saying bless your heart, bless your soul is, is the Southern equivalent of hospitably saying F you. <laughs> well, that's it for this edition of the podcast. Before you go, got to remind everyone, my book is available on Amazon, The Conservative's Guide to Winning Every Gun Control Argument, available on Amazon. And I did jump through all of the hoops to get it on Barnes & Noble because a lot of people said they weren't interested in Amazon. I understand that. Didn't want to support Amazon. I understand that. I do have it up on barnesandnoble.com. I don't think anyone's purchased it on barnesandnoble.com yet, but it is available. So if you want to purchase the book, um, I, ha I haven't been talking a lot about it because there have been other issues in the media, but... I put my heart and soul into this book. It's 446 pages. It is like a textbook. It will give you every piece of information you need to know to argue and defend the Second Amendment and to argue against gun control arguments, giving you the arguments, telling you what they will likely say and how best to dismantle those points of view. This book, again, The Conservative's Guide to Winning Every Gun Control Argument, available on Amazon and Barnes Noble. Links are in the description. That's going to be it for this edition of the Max McGuire Show. If you like the podcast, make sure you subscribe to the audio version available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Podbean, Audible. All those links are in the description. If you have an iPhone, a MacBook, an iPad, please do, do go to Apple Podcasts and give me a five-star review. Help me climb up in those rankings. Really do appreciate it. That's going to be it for this edition of the Max McGuire Show. Remember, everyone, the fight to take back the country is not over yet, but the only way we win is if we all step and fight together. See you Monday.